Welcome to the ninth episode of the Damn Good Podcast. My guest this week is none other than Nicolas Di Lorenzo from Panorama Mastering, based in Melbourne, Australia. He's a brilliant mastering engineer, but he's also a brilliant businessman. And the way he handles things online is a little bit unusual and different from what you would see on a daily. That's why I like him. That's why lots and lots of people requested an episode with him. So without further ado, please welcome Nicolas Di Lorenzo. You're listening to the Damn Good Podcast with Edward Court, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. Good to have you finally on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for everybody for fucking taking your time out today to listen to me and Edward ramble for a bit, but I'm hoping you guys can get something out of it. 100%. So... What have you been up to? I have been working, which I love to do because, you know, that's why we're in this industry. We love working with music. We love building our businesses and fucking connecting with people and working on music. And it's just a passion, man. It's just the same thing day in, day out. But it's it's the same thing, but different every day. You, you know the feels? It's like, yeah, we go into the studio every day. Yeah, we're working on music or we're mixing a record or mastering a record, but it's always a different challenge. It's always a different scope. So it's, you know. Same sort of deals as every, as every, I think everybody. It's a job. Like once something becomes a job, it's a job in the end, you know, like music is, is special, of course, in a sense, but still you're doing the same stuff every day in a sense. And a lot of people who ask me like, what do you do? I'm like, I do music. And then next week they ask me like, what do you, um, like, what have you been up to? I'm like, oh, I'm doing this stuff and this stuff. And they like expect something big to happen. I'm like, man, like what happened at your job that that's like, big and huge and, and important because you work at an office like it's not that every week you're stepping up in position or something explosive is happening so why should it be for me um although i'm not against it in in, in general but you know it doesn't happen every day yeah yeah no it's, it's interesting it's actually funny as soon as you say you're in music it's like what instrument do you play and then it's like yeah, yeah, I play instruments, but it's not exactly what I do. Well, I'm not a producer for anybody listening. I'm a mixing and mastering engineer. So it's like, yeah, I sort of mix and master people's records. What does that mean? It's like, yeah, uh, try to explain mastering to someone. <laughs> it's like, I, I listen to people. I, you know how I say, I just like, I listen to people's music and get paid for it. That's, I know a, that's, that's like, a cool way to say it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I have to listen to music all day. It's 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 definitely it's definitely not a chore for most the most part, but it, it's cool. It's interesting. I think um, every everybody who's in this industry who really appreciates what they're doing doesn't make a bigger fuss than what it really is, because there are a lot of people like who like to gloat and be like, "Oh, fuck, you know, this, that, the other. I'm I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and then this, that, the other." And I was a bit like that not too long ago, but then I came to a realization where it's like, dude, you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing and a bit of humility can go a long way in this industry. So it's sort of like a bit of a calm down, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. Well, if, if I say like, I'm a music producer, people are like, hey, but, but do you sing like, do you perform? I'm like, nah, I'm just producing music. And they're like, oh, it's like super disappointed. I'm like, it's still fun. And they're like, yeah, but they expect you like to sing and be like, you know, perform and like music production behind the scene. Like, but don't you want to be like on stage and do it like actively? Like, don't you want to be a star? I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Well, have, have you ever gotten the ones where they go, 
I have these old cassette tapes. Do you think you can put them on a CD for me? Do- <laughs> I've, I've the got, amount yeah. of or like I'm I'm marrying in a month. Can we write like a song for my husband or wife? Yeah. It's like we need to go in the studio and write a song for this. I'm like, sure, we do need to do that. I'm waiting on that. Or or the weirdest like my niece is a really really good singer. You know, do you think you can record her? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, that's not really what I do, but. <laughs> Cool, um, but you know that that's okay because even if you take people in our industry, they don't even have adapted to 2019. So it it would be kind of wrong to say people outside should should be on that level because people on in the outside maybe like 10 years behind in terms of knowing what music producers and audio people do nowadays because we do a bunch of shit. But then again, look at the industry and. The majority of our guys, like our peers, haven't adjusted to the reality of today. No, no, nobody. I don't think anybody has, and that's that's completely fine. That's completely fine because it just it just the the longer people don't ad- adjust to the reality, the bigger the wake up call is going to be, and then the bigger the shift is going to be at once. Because we sort we sort of seen it in um the the best place to observe the changes of most industries is through the marketing gurus. Uh, and, and and I'm not saying it because you should follow marketing gurus and fucking buy their ebooks and this, that, the other. But they tend to find the pockets of people's attentions very well and then exploit the fuck out of them and then devalue platforms within six to twelve months. So if 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 if, if it, it's uh, and what I'm trying to get here is that they're very astute at observing the way people engage with their lives and that's something us in the music industry aren't really good at doing because we're all in our little bubbles i know this is getting a little bit philosophical and a little bit you know on a tangent from where we were but okay i'll give you an example you know so so you're in your studio putting records together and you feel like oh fuck so and so should want to work with me. I'm so fucking good. This, that, the other. I've got these good records. You know, why won't these people work with me? Or why won't this, that, the other come to fruition? Or why won't people listen to my track? You know, you know the whole list, all the whys. Like, why won't people do this, that, the other? And because you're in your own little bubble and you're disconnected, but then you 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 observe people online. And I'm not trying to say this is how the industry is, because by no means the industry isn't solely online. But you you see how they observe people's interactions with things. And you can see marketers go, okay, people want to be interactive with one another. People want to gloat with one another. People want to engage and sort of show the fruits of their labor with one another. So what are you really providing people that can sort of, you know, help them along that along that journey, if that makes sense, or along their psyche? And everybody's going to be a bit different. And I could be just going off on a bullshit tangent because sometimes I do. I just my brain sort of fucking wires off into into weird alternate fucking thought processes. But it's just something that's going through my head while while we're talking about this. If I talk to people about you, and quite a lot of people know you, I'm like, people have been asking like, "Hey, what's the podcast this week?" I'm like, "I'm having Nicholas on this week," and they're like, "Wow, this dude's a machine." He's like, "I see him working all day." And doing like all kinds of shit, and like I'm, I'm, I don't even know how he does that. So, what do you say about that? Like, you're operating a mastering facility. Um, you're working with clients a lot. You're always like trying to improve your your stuff, and you're also big. Like, 
one thing I noticed about you, you barely talk about the music side of things. If I, if I saw your posts on Facebook like a, a couple months ago, or like if I, I, if I see your Instagram stuff, you barely talk about like the musical process as I like to do it, you know, like talk about plugins, talk about like whatever stuff. You're more on like the, the customer and, and you're big on communication as well. So your style in and doing business is different. And still, like I see people raving about your product as well. Like your your service, your masters, your mixes are fire as well. And I've listened to them as well. Everything's cool, but I never see you talk or like like I never saw you talk about EQing or like compressing shit. So you're doing things a little bit differently. So what's behind that? I'll be honest. Nobody fucking gives a shit about EQ or compressors all they care about is that end product and it's sort of like when i step into the box of mixing a record or mastering a record for somebody i'm in i'm in that mode where i'm like i don't give a shit how the fuck i get to the end like i i really don't if if people saw my sessions i'd laugh it looks like a it looks like a a four-year-old school project with fucking pasta on a you know like when they glue pasta art on a piece of paper and they fucking put together some art like that's what my fucking mixing sessions look like i don't give a shit like it's like not not about the, the my clients or the end result but i don't give a shit about how i get there and all i care about i'm in this zone where i'm like okay listen to the record what does it need and get it there like no bars hold get it there just that's that's my goal like all i'm there my headspace is listen to this record listen to my client get it to sound the fucking best and that's it like i don't think about oh, do I need this EQ or this tone or is this frequency a little bit funny or what, what, what? It's just, does it sound good? Is my client going to like it? That's it. I, you know, there, there are some sessions where I've got up where there's like fucking three L1s, the, as in limiters, the levels are set and then I might have a reverb on the lead and that's it. And it just fucking sounds good, like really good. And I'm like, yep. That's what I'm going to send to the client. And then there's some where they're really convoluted and I've got the weirdest parallel chains and shit going on and reverbs on channels instead of buses because I was like, fuck it, I was feeling it. And yeah, it's my, my focus isn't so much on, on, on getting overly technical or trying to be, I guess something I'm not because I'm not, I've never been very technical. I've been, I've just been like fucking, I, I want people to fucking leave going, Nick is the fucking best like undeniably undeniably you you can't get you can't get better like that that's that's how i enter every every session um and you know when pe and, and then what people see of me online is just documenting that it's sort of like hey i'm in a session cool or hey i did this cool you know like i i don't try to make anything bigger than what it is and if i do try and shine a really big highlight on something it's coming from my heart if that makes sense i know that's a little bit fucking sappy but it's a bit like you know if if i really want to shine a light on an artist or a client or a producer that i'm working with who i really want to give credit for i really feel it like okay i'm going to tell a story about this producer and why they mean so much to me and then i'll put that online and people will see that and you know that's what people see of me because it's just just the real shit. I don't need to fucking bounce around trying to do 
weird shit. I don't know, like people fucking putting out EQ tips and compressor tips, and it's sort of like, yeah, okay, one hundred percent. Also, I like the fact that you you're not afraid to like break shit and just do whatever to to achieve the goal. Because lots of people were like, yeah. even in a session, they they will be afraid to break certain rules that someone said online, like some guru said, like don't use like reverb on bass and whatnot, you know, and then. They will be afraid to do that, even if it if they did break the rule, would give them the desired result. And I feel you're kind of like that. And I've been like 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 yeah. super tidy and orderly myself before that. But even like a couple of weeks ago, I was mixing a track for my friend um, Jordan Infinity, and he produced a bunch of like he produced Mary J. Blige, Avicii, and he's like, dude, can you please? clip the fucking kick i'm like why should i clip the kick like you know we we were clipped he's like it will sound like i wanted to punch into my chest like clip the shit out of this kick trust me and then like after two revisions i fucking clipped the shit out of this kick and it worked i'm like man I, i need to break rules a little bit more often because i'm like holding back on certain things and those bold moves they make engineers and producers great I mean, if you don't know what you do, like you do it kind of intuitively, that's okay as well. But if if you're like just afraid to break shit, um, that's a whole different thing. And that's that's where I see you. You're like not afraid to break stuff just to get like the desired result. Yeah, it's actually funny. I was doing an album yesterday, and it was a it was a prog rock album. You know, I I, I like I like to think of myself as somebody who who breaks shit, but breaks shit in a good way. Almost every song on that album was like negative seven LUFS and it sounded so fucking punchy and dynamic. I don't give a fucking shit what people fucking say on the internet about the loudness was. But but it's like <laughs> it sounded so fucking good. Like you it, it's like every hit of the drums and strum of the guitar you could feel all the depth. But it was so fucking loud. Like it was ridiculously loud. And I'm like, eh, cool, that's nice. Like, and then this, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. It's, it's, it's really, it's really funny. And if anybody listening, guys, at the end of the day, you, you, you when you're working on a project, you, you've got an end goal. Just get the fuck to the end goal. And I know people say there are rules to sort of follow to help them from going off the fucking tangent or off the yellow brick road, but at the end of the day, nobody fucking. I don't think there's there's a there's any road to follow other than fucking getting to the end game. Every 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 journey is sort of different on a project. You're never gonna do the same thing twice. I think right. on a record. I mean, if you're starting out, it's it's good to follow some guidelines just just so you know where you're leading. You know, because there's so many options you can do. But obviously, if you have some yeah. like five to ten years of audio pimping under your belt. You can do whatever the fuck you want, and you should. You know, you shouldn't be like, "Oh, I need to follow this rule because this guy said," and and then you just do that. So w- what's the point? You know, you're putting the constraints on yourself. Yeah. This this is this is creativity. This is art. This is unlimited, even in mastering. Yeah. Oh, and and I think you make a good point there. It, actually, I think it's even regardless of whether you're starting out. This isn't this sort of philosophy or this sort of way of working isn't an opportunity to dismiss challenging yourself or 
being critical about what you do and reassessing and improving yourself. It's just to get rid of those boundaries or walls which you put up because a lot of the time it's not about it, – it, it actually is less about people saying, I need to do this. It's more about people being scared about if they don't do something. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense? So it's like it's it's not I need to do this. It's like if I don't do this, it might not work out. Or if I don't do this, it's not going to sound as good. So it's it's more about climbing that wall which you set up for yourself rather than just fucking going off on a tangent and, you know, just doing fucking stupid shit. It's it's more about trying to climb yeah. those walls and, and get over them. And think yeah, but I feel like the box it's, that, it's a natural progression for for an artist, for, for a, an audio professional because you start out, you watch tutorials, you listen to other people and you respect them and then your your inner voice is kind of small because like, okay, I need to shut the fuck up and learn from those people, learn the rules, learn the ropes. And then you watch a bunch of um, tutorials, bunch of gurus who might say legit stuff, but it's in context, in context um, for them. But then after you like become more experienced, you can decide for yourself and you should decide and like break down those mental walls that you built for yourself and those mental rules, not only in audio and life in general, but I mean, um, in context to, to audio, you, you should doubt and like, don't be afraid to break shit and try stuff out, um, even if it's not the official rule. So for you as a mastering engineer, where do you see yourself in the whole chain of, you know, of, of the audio journey of a song? Some people would say at the end, but like, what does it mean for you to be to be a mastering engineer nowadays? You know what? My, I'm like fucking. Do you remember what was the name of the um that Pokemon? Was it Ditto? The Pokemon that would fucking yeah, change to any other Pokemon? The blue one. Yeah, the blue snout. Ditto. Yeah, and I thought it was pink. It's purple. Ditto was pink, you know, wasn't it? I'm, a, I'm purple, but I'm, I'm purple. I might be yeah, 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 yeah. Purple. <laughs> yeah no anyway fucking so, talk with pokemon I, i'm like fucking i'm fucking i'm you know but no but like listen i'm like ditto of the music world so i'm not working with just one type of client it's not like somebody comes in and everybody has the same mix that would be first of all easy and, and fucking boring at the same time yeah no not everybody's coming in at the same time with the same project so it's like i'm morphing and with the same skill sets and experience and resources because some of them labels and I'm dealing with music supervisors. Some of them are artists and they're doing it completely DIY for the first time. Some of them are engineers and they have certain expectations. Some of them are producers and they need input. So I'm like, ditto, man. That mastering right now is like, I, I have to morph myself into everybody's sort of needs and processes depending on the project. So somebody brings something in and it's sort of like, hey, Nick, I need this mastered tomorrow. I know the mix is fucking good. Get it done. And that's that would be typically another mixing engineer. No worries, I'm good. Then I've got the DIY artist. Oh, I'm not sure if I need mixing or mastering. I'm not sure if I, you know, this record or this at the other. And then I have to sort of be be liaison and listen to it and understand it and understand their needs and wants and be realistic with them. Sometimes it's a music supervisor with a label or a publisher. And it's like, we need it by this date. Here, talk to this person. They're going to send you off the files. And then you're sort of like fucking in between a middleman and you're you're playing the sort of not politics but more more professional role where, you, where you're trying to sort of navigate different parties and their expectations and needs and 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 that, that that that's mastering today because maybe 
20, 30 years ago, and that's before my time, you know, there was sort of, everything was sort of gatekept because of the access to technology where, you know, everything would go through a studio, everything would be mixed by a mixing engineer. The mastering engineer would consistently get the same sort of resource and brief to work by. Whereas today it's like, it, it comes in a million and one different forms. And I'm like, ditto. Every time a project comes in, I just sort of warp, shift, shape myself to what the project needs and what that client needs. And then that's, um, that's mastering today. If you fucking think you can get away with just getting a file, doing it, sending it back, you're going to fucking fail. That's, and I think that's for everything in this industry right now, because it's, it's, it's all a million different dimensions. And unless you can be flexible, you're going to be fucked. Right. But at the same time, like, don't do everything. Like, let me ask this way. What will you not, will you not do as a mastering engineer? What's like the line where you're not where you're, you're going to say like, okay, this is not my fucking job. I will not going to do this. Although I'm like a nice guy and like to help you. It's, it's, it's not about me saying it's not my fucking job. It's my fucking job to know when it's not my fucking job. Does that make sense? So it's like if somebody, if somebody comes in and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not happy with the vocal production or I'm, I'm hoping that the, the drums sound better or this and the other. It's like, okay, look, I'm here to help you. I really want to master this record, but you're going to either need to go to another producer or get it remixed or go to your mixing engineer with these notes or revisit your production or whatever it might be. So it's, it's not like I'm completely disassociating myself from that process and going, yeah, I can't fucking do it. It's more like I can do it, but you need to fucking do X, Y, Z to get it into the ballpark so I can take it over the line. Because I had some couple masters sent my way where like people will be, they're kind of happy with the master. I'm like, okay, but I would like for the vocal to sound better. I'm like, cool, like go back to the mix and remix the whole thing. And then the vocal will sound better, like re-record the vocal, you know, like you cannot expect the mastering engineer to do that. So I feel like lots of people nowadays, if they're not educated properly, which is also our job, um, big portion of it, they kind of sometimes expect the mastering engineer like to save lots of fuck ups um in the mix and in production process which is which is possible sometimes but not all the time but again it's our job to educate them um although i do not consider myself a mastering engineer purely i'm mostly a producer so that's your specialty yeah it's it's definitely interesting um yeah it's 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 funny because even even after you tell people these things they're a little bit surprised when like, I don't know, once people have something in their head, they sort of run with it until you show them proof in the pudding. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, just fucking interesting, man. So how did you start out with mastering? Like, why mastering? Was it your inner desire to go into mastering? Or like, did you stumble into it by accident? Or were you good at it naturally? So like, okay, I'm kind of fucking good at mastering. Let me jump into it. Mate, nothing romantic like that. I was just really shit at recording. And I was really shit at recording and I was interning and assisting and I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this because not my thing. So I'm like, okay, I'll do anything in the music industry. I'll do PR. I'll do music supervising. I'll do, I'll fucking run coffees at a label office. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll fucking do anything. And by chance I got an assistant position at a mastering studio and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. You know, I get to kick back. You know, musicians have already like bitten each other's heads off and cried and bashed each other up and recorded all the material and fucking done all the emotional crazy shit they need to do to get a record together. 
Yeah. And then all I got to do is make sure I'm like a picture framer, man. You know, you know, like the artist goes fucking crazy, tears out their hair, puts a bit of it on the canvas and fucking makes this artwork. And all yeah, I got to do that. That's me. And then what I'm doing is it's like, then at the end of that, it's like, okay, it's ready for the gallery. Nick, can you frame it up? And then I'm, Picking, I'm picking the timber for the frame, I'm picking the type of glass, the backing board, and the, the the size and scale of it, and and it's just and it's like cool, the art's there, and I just and I just need to present it so that when people come across it, whether it's on Spotify or at a club or on radio or on a CD, you know, they they get to see it and appreciate it in its best format. I'm not repainting it by any means. I'm not fucking you know, getting the painting and then taking out my own paintbrush and fucking putting strokes over it. It's just like, I'm the picture frame. And I was like, that's really, it's just a really easy, not easy gig. It's like, it's, it's a really natural way for me to think about the way I engage with music. Cause as I said before, it's like, I'm not overly technical. I literally just kick back and I'm like, I, I just listen. Like I just bought the record when I'm mastering something. So I'm literally just sitting back listening to it. And I'm like, Oh, this is good. Oh, fuck, I didn't like that. Oh, yeah, I'm bored now. Why am I bored? And I'm just sort of like asking questions along those lines and then figuring out from there, okay, why why did I fucking doze off at that point? Or why wasn't I dancing when it dropped? Or you know what I mean? And then, then I'm going, okay, maybe it's because X, Y, Z. And then I go, okay, it needs a little bit more of this or the, the dynamics are a little bit off or the tone was a bit off and and it's it's more just a, a feel factor. It's just, it's it's a really natural way for me to engage in music. That's kind of the perfect answer to the last question where I ask you like, what do you do as a mastering engineer? That's like the fucking best answer. Like the perfect analogy, as the guy who frames the the final artwork. Yeah, that's it, man. Are you technical though? Are you a nerd? Or like, can you get deep into into like all of the technical stuff? I mean, you do, of course, you do. Like every fucking mastering engineer is is, is kind of nerdy about this shit. I, I do in the in in the back in the background, if that makes sense. I, I'm really into, I'm really into looking at the documentation of all my gear and and which plugins I'm using and and seeing the, what the developers and how they've put how they've put together their their EQs between the fab filter and the brain works and how different limiters and the algorithm and oversampling works and listening to them and fuck yeah now and, we're and, talking <laughs> and I'm into that. You gotta understand I'm into that, but none of that language ever comes to surface really because somebody's not gonna understand, oh, the look ahead on the Fab Filter L2 at 0.1 millisecond is 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 a little bit too much for me and I, I need to dial it back. It's more like, okay, client, how are you feeling the transients are punching through? Hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's yeah. sort of that dialogue because I do a lot of attendance stuff, so I get to have that immediate sort of discussion reaction or reaction discussion with them um so it's you know i I try and i try and avoid as much as i can the technical shit because then they're wondering oh what the fuck is a what the fuck is oversampling and then they're fucking googling oversampling and making sure you know you know they're reading some form on gear slots and then misinforming themselves right so i just sort of like I, I leave that technical discussion. Or sometimes they would start arguing with you. Like if, if they're the mastering engineers, I'm like, hey, you are even the fucking master of this thing. Like, why are you talking to me? Like, you know, like on my technical terms, what's the point? Like, if you're that good, like sit down and master it yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody really goes that, has went that far with me at all um, in terms of telling me what to do. I, I feel like sometimes 
people are a little bit thrown by their understanding and what they get back from mastering in terms of they might get back something they really, really, really like, but their ego, sometimes they try and justify purpose in the relationship because they might've went through something with a mixing engineer or producer where it was a lot of back and forth and this, that, the other, where they had, you know, all this, all this sort of, development and discussion and then as a mastering engineer most of the time i'm I'm knocking it out of the park and they're sort of like fuck mm-hmm. that's good where do we go from here and i was like does it sound good yeah <laughs> would you be happy to release this yeah dude that's the final one and they're, they're sort of like oh okay that's good like they're, they're they're ecstatic about it but they're but but a lot of the time they're left with not a lot of the time, but sometimes you find people who are left with bad tastes in their mouth with, from producers or right. engineers, and they're trying to sort of justify their process by going, oh, I need this a bit louder or that a bit louder or this, that, the other, but, you know, they can't come to those conclusions because they're actually genuinely fucking chuffed about what's gone on the plate. Well, ego is like a two-sided thing. Ego is, in general, I see it as a very good thing in music and in, in everything in life. Like, a good, healthy portion of ego it's is helpful because then you're actually able to pull through to make it in business or like actually kill it and crush it. That that's where you have like balls on like a good ego. But sometimes it's out of place. So you need you need to know when to swallow your ego in the whole process, you know? So overall of course it should benefit the the, the end product. So that's the thing that's the, that I learned, you know? Like sometimes I would be like, you don't need ego, you need to remove it out of the equation ultimately and that's it no ego at all sometimes i would go full ego and like be, be a dick sometimes it happens to all of us and now i'm like on, on this kind of path where i'm like most of the time it's it's good healthy portion of ego but when i need to shut the fuck up and swallow it i try to do that how do you feel about ego and self-esteem um and all of that and in, in your position i think i think it's really hard to have a good self-assessment on that at least for myself like I'd like to think I don't have any ego attached to what I do, but if you were to ask me the question, what if somebody took away everything in my career that I've built up, who would I be and how would I feel? Right. You know, it's it's it, it, it's you can get very deep and philosophical on it, but um, it's 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 something I'm I I feel like I try to remove myself from. I don't think I'm successful in it. It's like an internal battle, like you said knowing when and where to feel confident in yourself and your conviction and when to sort of let go of it and be open. It's, it's interesting. I, 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 th- I think I'm very confident in what I do. That's what I wanted to hear. See, because I wanted to ask like, see, for people outside watching at your shit, watching do your stuff, you can be or you are considered successful by lots of standards. But do you actually feel like like a success yourself do you're like of course everyone has like ups and downs and everyone has like their own standards a lot of people would be jealous of what i have i might be jealous of what other people have might be but um do you on your day-to-day basis do you feel like i'm a fucking success i'm killing the shit of course you can be like doubting yourself from time to time or do you like see yourself kind of as a failure who or like someone who, who who didn't achieve their standards like what they set for themselves do you have that amount of self knowledge um or do you still struggling with this on a daily basis because you're still young like people listening to you might think you're like 30 32 but you're like 25 
26? 26. 26. Yeah. So it's even younger than I am. I, I think I think the thing is, as long as I'm moving, I'm happy. Like, as, as long as I'm moving and going in a direction, developing myself and developing my career and standard, I'm, I'm really, really happy. Um, in terms of, what was the question again? In terms of... Do you feel like, do you have a good, healthy self-esteem, like, like a core self-esteem where you're like, fuck yeah, or is it still like unstable and dependent on external factors? Like, did I achieve X, Y, Z? I think it's, it's, it's a mixture of both, in, in a sense. It's sort of like, I, I feel more upset and more like a failure if I don't put in my all. So that could be on a, on a minimum daily basis where I've got like 10 hours of work lined up and I sort of get lazy in the middle of the day and take a break that's longer than necessary. To me, that's a failure because I let myself down there. But let's say I work that whole 10 hour day, but I really push myself. I don't take any time off, but I don't finish everything up. Okay. That's success to me, yeah. Because I stuck, I, I stuck, I stuck to the, ver I stuck to, I stuck to what I set out to do, and I and I went out with it. And even though it might have failed in the end, I, I'd feel much more, I, I feel much more happier in those circumstances than when I do when things do work out. But I might have left opportunity and effort off the table. So it's 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 less about what's actually fiscally in terms of financially or. It's less about what other people are saying or doing or give, giving me gratification from. It's more about how I stand and adhere to those value sets, which I hold for myself. That's a good answer because comparing yourself or myself with you or like with my peers, I used to be this way where I would set certain things. Like I, I would have a schedule and set like certain milestones for myself and certain tasks for the day. And if I don't meet them, I would be mad at myself like, hey, I let myself down here because I didn't do this or I didn't finish this. And this is very unhealthy if, if, if you're like depending on external results on a daily basis. And if one, one thing goes like left instead of right, you're like, fuck, like I feel like a failure. And this is very, very unstable for, for like a healthy human being in general. But then I kind of, moved and switched to this thing where I, if I, don't matter what I have over the course of the day, if I give, give my, my utmost best effort that I can, no matter the result, even if I don't finish anything, if I don't do like shit, but if I give my effort in it, if I'm still there showing up, doing, doing the work and at the end of the day, I just feel empty, like empty it out. I gave it all. That's where I feel happy and fulfilled, um, regardless of the results. Yeah, and it's not even about putting a huge amount of effort in within a day and doing 12, 13 hours. It's just about knowing that what you did, even if it's a small amount of work for the day or it's a small effort, that you, you did the right thing by your own standards. And I, I can't remember. I think I think people are going to really enjoy this if they hear this. Let me just find – I'm doing my bit of Googling at the moment. Find I'll find if this is the right – Perfect, perfect. Um, Benjamin Franklin's uh, Thirteen Virtues. Have you heard about it? Um, yes, I heard Tim Ferriss talk about it on his podcast, but I haven't looked into it. It is I probably should. incredible. Um, it, I I read about it probably twelve eighteen months ago, and I used a spreadsheet where I didn't use the same virtues Benjamin Franklin did, but basically what it is 
it's a table of the week with that Benjamin Franklin had with 13 virtues and or, or values that he wanted to adhere to. And every day, at the end of the day, he'd assess whether he held accordingly to those virtues. And he'd put a black mark against anything that he sort of did badly against or didn't adhere to, if that makes sense. And then he was able to actually track and see at the end of the week, okay, you know, which, you know, what virtues was I not being honest or was I, you know, being lazy or was I not having good, was I unclean or, you know what I mean? Like different, different sort of things that, that he wanted to adhere to. And I did that for a year where I had, I think maybe 16 different virtues on a spreadsheet and I kept looking at it and then I could actually see improvement over time. But this is what sort of these, this is what I sort of talk about when I say I feel happy with myself or disappointed in myself. It's, it's when I adhere to, to my own internal value system rather than looking for those external sort of awesome mix dude or great yeah. master or yeah. congratulations. It's sort in of like, order yeah. to do all this shit, you know, in order to be happy with yourself and to um, see the improvement in, in your virtues, you need, first of all, of course, build your own value system because people start doing the shit, but then they don't even have their own value system built up. You know, they're always looking externally for, for some like improvement or approval of someone else and they'll live by external value systems. So in, in order to do all the stuff you, you're going to talk about right now, you need to build up your own value system and then that's it. So think of it as like yourself and the external world are two different worlds, like two, two different planets. You're one planet and the external world is, is the earth and your planet or like like countries with borders and you you need to protect your borders by any means like have them intact so this is your value system so if if anyone from outside can hurt you and like destroy your borders you have weak um values if someone from from outside can dictate your self-worth and your value if you say like hey this makes us dope then you feel good and then like this makes us shitty and then like oh am i a good professional right now like Am I that good? And then you like feel like shit for two or three days. Um, this is yeah. this is super backwards. But I also think it's it's just sort of a construct of the world we live in right now. If that makes sense, like kids go to school, everybody gets a participation award. Um, you know, you 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 you're on Instagram and everybody's counting their likes. And this is like kids that are like fucking twelve, thirteen, growing up with this now, where all the time they have to be admired or praised or whatnot like i'm not sure what the schooling system like is like over in germany but in australia very it's, similar it's becoming it's 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 becoming where in primary school my mum's a so that would be you know up until you're 12 years old or 11 years old my right. mum's a primary school teacher they don't even have grades in primary school what the fuck i know i know it's like it's 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 like a proficiency level um you're you're very proficient at this or you're you're not or it's it, 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 mum mum when she writes reports and comments she can't even put negative comments on there they all have to have some positive aspect to it dude they're going to break <laughs> i tell you i i the intentions behind everything are very genuine and they're they're wanting to create something better for the future and this this, this is for the, even the music industry because you're going to find that you're just going to want to have people tell you how great you are and sort of always seek that approval and 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 that intention is amazing and it, and it's something beautiful but yeah. the the reality is the reality is 
everybody on an individual level is different and you can't sort of paint everybody with the same brush. Not everybody's going to be good at something, you know, and for the reality of it, you know, some people listen to this podcast who create music. Guys, you may be very shit at what you do. And that's just a reality. It's it's like, put it this way. Um, there was a lecturer at SAE. Uh, I'm not, they have SAE over in Europe as well. The university? Um, and yeah, it, we do. Yeah, the university. Yeah. So, so they, were running a, they were running a lecture at one of the theatres here in Melbourne. And there was maybe 60 people in there. Remember, Australia's a small country in terms of population. 60 people in the room. And he goes, okay, everybody stand up. Everybody stood up. This was at the end. Everybody who was late, sit down. So everybody who was late to the lecture sat down. Everybody who didn't bring their notebook or take notes today, sit down. They all sat down. Everybody who's handing in assignments late, sit down. They sat down. Everybody who's fucking... And and he just went through a list of criteria, okay? And... At the end of it, there were about like three or four people standing up that like diligently engaged with the whole process, okay, from about 50 or 60. And he goes, there's, you're lucky if there's 50 to 60 full-time working producers making a decent wage in Australia at the moment, okay? The reality is it might not be the two or three people that are standing up right now, but the reality is two or three of you are going to actually pull through. Make it. Long and term. make it make it long term and those questions i just asked you are a prime example of whether or not you have it to make it you know what i mean right you know you, you're getting the class late you, you're handing in shit late you're not yeah but i mean at the same time not not everyone's supposed to make it you, you know if the barrier of entry into music is already super low and i'm not play, and that, and playing the I mean. fucking and that, and that, i'm not playing the fucking gatekeeper here but like everyone who has a laptop can make music but it, it doesn't mean that they will be like successful, which a lot of people assume. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I'm saying that's the reality of the world. But the intention to tell 50, 60 people, you can all do it. You're all good. You know, you're all going to make it. The intention of it is nice because, you know, you don't want to break people down. But the reality is the world will naturally break it down for you. And this sort of goes back into the mindset of, where do your virtues lie? Would you rather be a really good person who holds to a good standard, regardless of whether you're in music, or would you rather sway those virtues and do things that are against your own internal value system just to make it in a career that sort of is dissonant with that? I know, I know we're going down really weird tangents right now for anybody listening, but what, what I'm trying to get at is that if you're in this music industry, at the core of what you do, should be a strong value system which you adhere to and that you can rely, not rely but that you sort of pivot on in order to get your success feeling of success or satisfaction if if you're in this industry and you're having to compromise your virtues or values or self-respect like you said earlier edward then it's it it, it, it could be a big eye-opener to just sort of kick back and, and re-realize while you're why you're in this game and if it's the right thing. Now, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. What I'm trying to do is encourage people to be true to themselves and help themselves live a more fulfilling career or life in that sense. We went really down weird tangents today. But I mean, you, you got you got to ask the hard questions, dude. Like, even if it's if it's 
if it's kind of intense, someone needs to, to talk about it because in your journey, you need to ask yourself those questions. You can't always rely on the superficial stuff. You, you, you need to sit down and fucking ask yourself the tough questions. And I feel like also lots of people have this pressure from outside where they see like people succeeding left and right, kind of on Instagram. They kind of feel the pressure to, to replicate a success else they, they, they will feel like failures. Um, that has been the the case for me until I was like, stop this shit, you know, like, let me sit down and like build my value system. Like what's success for me? Like, do I need to be X, Y, Z and have this, this shit to feel uh, a success in life more or less. And I'm like, no, like I want this shit, this shit, this shit. And as long as I'm improving every day, I'm cool. And I'm still not perfect at this, but this is a way better alternative to to like this this reactive game where you're like like a leaf being blown in the wind left and right and reacting to to every single um shit that's happening online. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. It's um it's 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 a tough game, I think. And you know, I I anybody listening, you're more than you're more than welcome to email Ed or myself if you if you just even want to ask a question that you're unsure of. Because I think the thing that people should know is that even if you don't email Ed or myself, you can email anybody or message them or call them and ask them for advice because you're not alone in this industry. And I think that's also something nah. that, that's important because people isolate the fuck out of themselves. Yeah, that's why we I've do this podcast so many, to talk about this shit. I think... I know so many people, very exceptionally, exceptionally, exceptionally talented um, producers and engineers, are isolate themselves from a, the, their their reality or their process or their community. They isolate themselves because they feel like they can't engage in these sort of discussions. That they makes them feel funny, makes them go, "Oh, am I weird if I ask this, or am I weird that I'm feeling this?" And they isolate themselves and they they spiral down dark dark paths of either depression or self-doubt and man it's i i've i've hated seeing that over the course of my career with multiple individuals where it's just like oh you, you i i i i just weep inside because there, there's some really talented people who just hurt themselves um either in their personal life or in their career or through the scope of something just simply because they never felt they could talk to others but I mean, you know, that that comes with the with the profession. Like as creatives, as musicians, we're like kind of kind of introverts most of the time, kind of like nerds. It's not normal, but it but it, it's common for us in a sense. Especially if you were like working online, that's even more of of like a seclusion yeah. because you're not like working with people in real life in a studio facility or like in a in a in a band setting. You're working like like a hermit, like I do, like I barely speak to people in real life, although I'm, I'm pretty social, um, but you know, I'm like alone most of the time, I'm sitting in front of my computer, working and grabbing some food back to work. And that's basically it for, for the entire five days of the work week. Yeah, no, that's, I always try and get out because again, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm mixture of online and, and, and attended sessions, but there's still those attended sessions, they're quiet service provider relationships and as friendly and nice and you know courteous as i am in those relationships i'm still in my professional mode and getting out there and just sort of engaging with people on a new level on a not new level that's a bit weird to fucking say on a different level is something i always try and push to do and i you know i encourage it because again it's sort of like 
goes back to, I know, not, not completely goes back to that value system, but it goes back to to the concept of, are you doing what's best by you to make you happy? Like, yeah, you can make lots and lots of records for people and make good coin and whatnot, but are you fulfilling your need to 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 empathize and engage with others and help others or do something nice for others? You know what I mean? Like, is that something that's part of your psyche that you that you want to do or not? You know, I don't know. You know what? You know what I'm getting at. It's early in the morning here, man. I'm. I'm waking up and I've had a bit of a tough one, so I get to ramble a yeah, little it's bit. Definitely tough talk so, yeah. for the morning because for me it's night. I'm like it's half past eleven PM. So this is this is the right time for those talks. But I mean for myself, I definitely need to get out more. I feel like I need to get out more, talk to people and socialize just a little bit more. Although like I do like to be by myself, honestly. I'm I'm kinda I'm I'm like this. I'm not like struggling if if, if I'm like by myself, because at the same time, I talk to people all the fucking time. I, I call people up, I do the podcast, and that's cool. So for myself, I know my needs, and I'm fulfilling them in that regard. And I hope you do as, as well. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. So, so regardless of all of those things, you're writing a book, as far as I know, because uh, <laughs> part of the inner circle by supporting you with three dollars in a month, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that's that's awesome. noble. Uh, the... You're writing a book for the engineering community. Yes. With actually actionable steps, not philosophical, also philosophical stuff, but like super actionable steps of how to actually make it, dare I say it, or like how to operate in this industry. Yeah, I think maybe how to construct it, if that makes sense. Like how to, how to look at it, how to piece it together. Um, I'm gonna publish that book soon now. I've um I finished writing the draft. I'm just and I finished writing the edit and I finished editing it and revising it. I've got to put that into my design, as in put it into in design and format it all and then get it out there. Um, right. So tell a us a little bit more about sort of that piece. because. First of all, the podcast is happening at the right time, and we did not plan it at all, honestly. Yeah, no, we didn't. I gotta, I gotta put that out, man. That's um, it's actually funny, but you bring it up because I just, I just sent it off to another person just to quickly get a little, a little bit of their insight on it before I fucking put this to InDesign. And it's really interesting because it started as something where, and th this is just the beauty of like going through the motions in this industry. You're always changing. It started at a point where I'm like. I, I, I wrote it because I finally felt comfortable in my career where I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I, I finished my education. I did my assistant position. I did the freelance thing and I built up my own career. And I have a lot of things to teach people, which nobody ever had the opportunity to teach me. And so I wrote all these ideas down throughout a Patreon campaign with you guys. And I'm like, okay, here are all my ideas, this, that, the other. Now I'm at a point where it's like, this is a really nice sort of documentation of where my head was at when I felt like I had made it. Does that make sense? So I think what people are going to get from it is they're going to read it and it, it does have exceptionally, like I, I did write it so it was actionable and you could read it, engage with it, action it. So who it. is this book for but exactly? I, I, I will say now, people who are looking to start to make their career in this industry. 
So audio people or musicians as well? Audio, not not musicians. It doesn't it doesn't outlay enough for musicians to really give them tangible right. steps. But audio people specifically, and yeah, it, it's it's just a nice little outlier where where you know you might be have a good skill set. You might have done a few paid gigs or whatever, and you're like, okay, can I make this into a thing? And it's not it's not gonna fucking be one of those, it's it's not one of those books where it's like, oh, this is what you. You know, if you do this, this, that, the other, you'll make six hundred thousand dollars in your first three years, or whatever the fuck. You know, like, you know, it's 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 not trying to bloody sell you on. You know, like those Instagram sponsored posts where they're like, "How I made this much in this many weeks." Uh, it's it's not one of them. It's it's purely like, this is what you love to do. This is the market. How do you engage with it? How do you sustain it? How do you conduct yourself? And just gives you those gives you those insights to, to at least my process. And then, then you can take that into the world and do what you And you, you know why I look forward it. to it? Because um, you actually, as you said, you did it. Like you, you did all the shit. You built a career for yourself. Now you're sharing your experience of how you did a certain thing. And sometimes like, I'm tired of seeing those posts where like how to make a million in the music business or like how to make 100K in the music business by people who didn't even do half of that or not even fraction of that you know like you see those posts like how to make 10 ways how to make money in the music business like 10, 10 ways how to make 50k in the music business and they start doing it. and then they look you look at the people and they they're not like you know it's bullshit because they don't look like they did even even a fraction of that so that's what what i like about you is because you're not overblowing yourself you're not overselling yourself you do it just just for the good of it you know just to help people out and to share your experience 100%, and you're not going to do like a bunch of promotional stuff and like, hey, buy my book. And if you buy this book like for $29.99 in the first hour, you get this this additional bonus, and this will help you to get your kick, career kickstarted in, in like one month or like two weeks. No, no, I'm not. I'm not fucking promising any of that. But it's actually funny you bring up the book because I also I also wrote something else in parallel with it over the last. Literally took me a month to write. So I got the book. I got to, I got to put that to format and publish it. And I wrote, uh, I put together a kit as well. So it's like little docket. So this kit, I'm not going to go too much into it, but it's pretty cool. It's for much more, it's for professionals, much more established in their career. Um, but without going into the detail of it, it's really interesting. You brought that up with me because it's made me appreciate that these these they're almost like documentation it's almost like a documentation of where i am or where i was in my career and my thoughts behind those aspects of those times in the career so that 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 book that i've written um the savvy engineer you know that's that's very reminiscent of when i first started feeling like this is a full-time thing and i'm really confident in myself that i can help others and this next one is sort of an elevated version where it's like, okay, this kit is for people who are fucking killing it already, who want to really fucking go above and beyond to service their clients. Right. So it's like the full-time savior engineer. <laughs> it's much more niche and specific down, but yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because now I'm starting to think of it in a different light in, in the sense that like, nice. they, these are things that sort of document my journey. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So I, I should actually, for, I, I might have some time next week to finish formatting it and then I can get it on the new web page, which I'm going to publish and then nice. people can fucking buy it and 
do what they want with it. And yeah, and the only reason why I want people fucking buying it is or paying money for it is because I don't want it to become a download that just sits in your downloads folder. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you pay for shit, you might actually use it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to price it at. It just, it just has to. It can even be a token. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it definitely deserves to be to be paid for 100. Like don't even don't even try to price it below like 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah, no, I get I get that aspect. I'm not I'm not trying to underprice myself. I think my my ROI is the fact that people read it and actually get something out of it. Or oh, trust me, they will. Yeah, that that that's where that's where my head's at. It's sort of like I'm fucking gonna make them read it. It's like, I just I just want people to fucking literally pick it up, read it. But then I'm like, if I give this out for free, fucking people are just going to... How many free ebooks do we download and they just sort of sit in our downloads? We never read them. So it's yeah, like, if people open their wallet and they spend a bit of money, they're going to be like, fuck, I'm going to read this because this has come out of my hard-earned cash. So it's sort yeah. of like... I have people asking me like, hey, I need to brand myself a certain way. Like, how do I do this? I'm like, dude, have you ever fucking downloaded my ebook? Like, yeah, have you read it? I'm like, uh, maybe one page. I'm like, go fucking back to the free fucking ebook and read like the, the text that I that I put together, you know? Even if you put it like up for $3 and it wasn't free, like even three bucks or two bucks, they'd read it. They'd instantly read it because they put that little bit of coin down. 100%. I'm, I'll make all, my, all of my students right now, I'll make, I might make them read, them, read it 100%. Because all of them, like all the students that I have, and I have five right now, um, they all want to make it into a career. Awesome, awesome. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm going to put it down in my notepad if I can find time next week to finish formatting it. Because I'm excited. I did all the, the little worksheets for it as well, which is pretty cool. People are like, what the fuck are you guys rambling on about? What's your, what's your, what's your work they're like? Like right now, you said it's like 6 a.m. for you, right? No, it's 7.30 now. 7.30 now. I need to get on to doing some stuff soon. Um, it's wake up in the morning, so I'm up at 4.30. I stay at home until about 6 doing emails and getting my day ready. And then from then I drive to the studio, go for a jog, eat some breakfast. Then at the start studio. My, sorry? At the studio, eating breakfast. Yeah, at the studio. At the right. studio. And not at home because the traffic is just shit to get to the studio after 6. So I always make sure I'm at the studio by 6-ish. Jog eat, shower, then start work at 7, then work until 5.30. And work to me is like sessions, biz development, you know. Admin stuff. Admin stuff, going out for meetings. It's like fucking everything you want to do, like (laughs) that you enjoy about the industry. It's just like that's everything in that time. And then back at home and that's my day, man. I love it. It's, It's always different. Like I, I categorize my calendar so you can see the different activities I may or may not be doing. So I might be doing lots of sessions one week or lots of business development one week or lots of admin and it's always changing. There's- what are your go-to routines as a master like that keep you grounded and like focused throughout the day? Or do you like naturally like just bust in, sit down to the work and like I don't give a fuck about any routines? Because for me, like if I don't wake up in the morning and do like my fucking 30 minute workout and like do my cold showers. I'm like, I'm like weak as bitch might be if I don't do that. Some people are natural. Like they don't give a fuck about anything. They're like they sit down, gulp down their coffee and like work for 10 hours straight. And then that's basically it for them. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's more the fact that, okay. So the night before I'll create my calendar for the day after. So the night before I'll go, okay, I got to email. So, 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 and so I got to get these things. I got to listen to this music. I got to get this done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I'm going to put this in my calendar here, here, here. So it's like sort of therapeutic at night, getting everything set up for the next day. And as long as I have my calendar, I'll follow it. I don't, it's like, that's what it is. That's what I have to do. And I enjoy it that I'm going to do it, if that makes sense. Right. Whereas if I chose to, you know, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. That's that's how I yeah, feel. But I feel like your your energy levels are naturally high. Uh, they're naturally engaged, if that makes sense. Like if I don't want to fucking do something, I'll put it off until day's end. But if I want right. to do something, then I fucking do it and I go for it. So it's just like a natural it's like it's just like a natural thirst to want to do the things that I set out to do. And sometimes there are things that I don't want to do and it is a real struggle. And I just have to fucking push through it because if I don't do it, then I'm just sort of limiting myself yeah, in a sense. Is... Um, there you go with the consequences. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I don't know. No, no. People think I have high energy just because I swear a lot on my Instagram and fucking <laughs> I'm doing a lot, a lot of projects, but right. Like to me, it's, do you have any, do you have any bad habits? Like you smoke or like any, any nasty stuff that's like you, you, you'd like to get rid of? I don't smoke. I, um, I don't take care of my body very well. That's for sure. I do go for a jog in the morning, but throughout the day, I will sometimes go uh, go the whole day without eating, just so I can get through yeah, all my that, sessions. That's common for us. And that's, yeah. yeah, but that's really not good, and it causes me. That's absolutely not good. Yeah. Um. There's that bad habits. There's that. Uh, can't think of much else. Like, I got lots of bad habits outside of this. Like, when I get home, there's shit to get done, and sometimes I just plop myself on the couch and relax. And then yeah. that's really bad because then like one of the best habits you can have is, 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 is getting good sleep and that affects my sleep because what happens then is I don't end up doing shit till late at night that I'm meant to do and I don't get the sleep I need for the next day and it sort of revolves around in a cycle. So I think having diligence to, to, to fucking stick to your guns and do what you need to do means you don't have to suffer consequences later. How do you function on low sleep though? Like can you? Can you pull it through or, or as like, no. for me, it's hard to function in low sleep. Like if I, if I sleep anything below seven hours, I'm, I'm, I'm basically wasted for the day. Yeah. No, I can't. I need to fucking sleep. I yeah. need, 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 need to sleep. <laughs> Man, I love sleep. Like people will say like hustle all day. Sleep is yeah. for the week. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like give me my eight hours of sleep. Yeah, no, I need all my sleep. I read the book about, about sleep. I forgot the name because it was a Russian one. But, dude, like, undersleeping is so bad for your brain. It's so fucking bad. It, it's okay if you do it occasionally, but if you undersleep on a regular basis, you're basically making yourself brain dead. So that, that's for those people who, who don't like to sleep a lot and who always argue about, about that issue. Well, dude, um, it's been an hour. Yeah, it's been a good hour. You got shit to do. Yeah. I want to hit the gym at midnight, which is not the healthiest thing to do as well, but I need it. Yeah. That's kind of my my little shtick. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast. We finally did it, and it's been awesome. No worries. I'm very much looking forward to the book, reading it finally in its final form. If you might, a couple of words to our listeners and also tell where tell us where we can find um you online. So... To anybody listening, thank you for fucking putting up with Edward and I rambling for an hour. That's a fucking blessing yeah, that people want to listen. Yeah, fucking German accent. You'll love it. Yeah. Um, so firstly, <laughs> thank you, guys. That, that, that's all I can say to you guys. Um, and if you, you know, where you can find me, just Google my name, 
stalk me fucking you know yeah and also check the description of this podcast yeah and that that's basically it i don't ask for much you know other than take care of yourselves guys 100 percent. no worries dude it's been a pleasure likewise thanks a lot and keep killing it you too all right you have a good day that is it for this week's episode thanks a lot for listening and tuning in hope you guys liked it you'll find all of the links in regards to nicholas in the show notes and i'll see you next week bye